Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Credit Union Marketplace Podcast, a presentation of the Cooperative Credit Union Association. My name is Jason Dias, and welcome to the show. This month on our advocacy update, we caught up with Mary Ann Clancy. She's the Senior Vice President and General Counsel at the Cooperative Credit Union Association. Pointed out that the annual event is just a month away, and of course the members will be there talking about a lot of things, including regulatory relief. Well, thanks, Jason. Thanks for having me back. And um, you know, I, I think you're right. The issue of regulatory relief is really part of uh, an integral portion of our platform. It's driven by our members, and I think we look at it as part of the fabric. So it would be nice to say it's still not uh, as hot of a topic as before, but we still find that there's some pockets that still need to be uh, tweaked. When you look at um, clearly what we've had is the biggest uh, uh, win uh, in this area recently was we refer to it as that, that Senate bill, Senate 2155. It was historic and it was needed. Um, we saw, given our housing stock from our membership, you know, immediate relief with the one to four family non-owner-occupied right. properties and um, looking at another way to have some protection as we detect and assist with issues around elder financial abuse and some you know, reduced frontline reporting uh, on the HUMDA side. Um, you know, Paul Gentile, our, our president, really was a, a driving force behind that, and um, it was a big victory for us. Uh, we always look at these issues of what's the problem, what's the nature of the solution, can it be a dual-track legislative and regulatory, the cost, can we get more exemptions, safe harbors, um, you know, that type of, um, uh, of, a, of an issue uh, analysis, as well as at the end of the day, if there is going to be a new rule rather than just reducing the rules, can we make it as narrow as possible to have the least intrusive impact, um, you know, for credit unions? So I think we look at it now having some advancement and some victories. Where do we go from here? Um, did we get enough? What was our long-term effect even of what we got? Do we need more tweaking, with, you know, within that? So I think that's where we come from. We, we do uh, have a lot of information on our website, including scorecards that um, each one of our states and our member credit unions can look up and get a better pulse for you know, where their officials were on any one particular issue. Um, so you know, that's kind of where we've come from. We're pleased with the victory. We also um, recognize that particularly with that bill, some of our delegation members took some very tough votes. Um, we come with a heavy hand from the Democratic side, and Delaware, New Hampshire, New Jersey members really stepped to the plate and took a public stand. What we, our analysis shows from our other members in our delegations where maybe they didn't vote yes in the final uh, vote taken, but components of those bills um, really were areas where they stood up in the past and continue to understand the need for credit union change and want to partner with us in that area. Well, one of the things I love about what you guys do, you just mentioned it, you know, you're, you guys do such a great job in an, in an area of the country that candidly is very, very different from where I live in South Texas. The politics are extremely, extremely different. And I think you guys do a much better job of advocating for your local credit unions and that local flavor better than some of the other large nationwide trade organizations. I think it gives you guys such a great advantage, but like with anything, 
political, especially in an election year, you're also going to still run into some roadblocks. What are some challenges you guys have, have faced and will be working on over the next couple of months and into next year? Well, I, I think for us is just still trying to be effective and impactful. Um, if you look at our burden that credit unions have in each one of our states, um, you know, it's about, uh, for Delaware, $98, you know, for our households, 131 in Massachusetts, 142 in New Jersey, 119 in New Hampshire, and $153 uh, in Rhode Island. We tend to be data-driven when we ask for assistance. Uh, we like to make sure that we are documenting exactly what the need is. So the challenge is trying to reframe the focus from a, um, a policy standpoint, not have everyone think that they just solved all of our problems uh, with right. what has just taken place, but we really have documented needs, um, certainly on the cost side and well as the, the, the issue side as we move forward. Dodd-Frank was great. We bear the the um, namesake in that bill with you know Congressman Frank, and I think on the good side he really helped our reputation because he he uh, moved forward and publicly praised us for holding the fort during that last economic cycle and being part of the moral compass for the industry. But we got swept up in everything, and I think uh, as far as the changes and the Wall Street impact, and I think that that's still what we're digging out from. You take a look, and today, um, you know, there's some action on the CISA rule. Um, you know, we actually were able to have a, a local credit union member um, participate in their transitional working group. Um, not only did that provide an information flow, but it, I think, also is, is taking a look at the fact that there's some impactful um, delays in there that will be beneficial to credit unions. But it's not over. We look at the Americans with Disabilities Act and the, and the frivolous lawsuits that are popping up all over. Courts keep going one side or the other. They may be balanced on, or more heavily weighted on one side, but we're still looking at that and trying to uh, interject where we can be helpful, trying to make sure that policymakers uh, understand that we still need some clarification uh, in this process to, to help credit unions. So um, risk-based capital, another one, another dual track. We've seen some positive regulatory action from NCUA. We also recognize there's some pending legislation um, that may move that needle further out and um, bring more attention to it. So I think we try to, to look at all of those areas and we have our regular perennial ones, it seems like, you know, data security. We're still waiting for mm -hmm. um, Congress to kind of move forward from elections and get back to work and take a look at the impact um, that these continue to have um, at the local level and national level. And we're also, I think, are, are getting a sense not only from the need of credit unions but from a, a temperature standpoint that it might be time to go back and revisit some changes with the Bank Secrecy Act. Um, right. Credit unions keep filing those reports and filling them out properly, um, but at the end of the day, there may be some opportunity um, to shift some of the responsibility back onto regulators to um, help credit unions track transactions, maybe look at some dollar thresholds that would give us a little more wiggle room um, and a little less dot the I's and cross the T's um, every single time. So I, I think those are some of the wild cards, but they're still on our to-do list as we move forward and look at that window of what's out there and try to identify where opportunities might be. 
Yeah, well, uh, although I'm 1,800 miles to the south and west of you, uh, Barney Frank does represent Fall River, Massachusetts, where both of my parents were born and graduated from high school. So that does make me feel a little closer to you guys when I when I hear about that. But something you said that I thought was interesting, as a historian, uh, you're absolutely right. Going back 10 years now, um, credit unions clearly, empirically, we can prove now, were not the cause of the financial a crisis that we faced back in 2008, but they did get swept up in the regulatory things that were that were launched to kind of keep that from happening again. And it sounds like that continues to be a big part of what you guys are doing, uh, demonstrating that there really is a uniqueness to the credit union marketplace as it, as it opposes the, or as it is compared to the large for-profit banks. And it sounds like that's something that keeps you guys busy 24 hours a day. You know, it does, and it's interesting. Um, I, I do think history always tells a tale that's informative, and we can look back at Dodd-Frank, but one of the, the uh, deliverables out of Dodd-Frank was the, we usually call it the CFPB, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, but now we call it the, they changed the name, so it's the BCFP, but we just hit a, 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 local, a series of local meetings last week with them. And, you know, um, our discussions always include exemptions and relief from rules, but we're also talking now about their complaint database that they have up and running and privacy concerns. Um, again, the reputation of the credit union might be a simple fix as, as, as quick as maybe the CFPB should tell the consumer to call the institution before they start to file a complaint and make that a right. documented check the box before you go forward. Um, the safe harbor with the PALS loans that are out there. So it's still uh, circulating around and another cycle comes up with, you know, another opportunity. We do try to look at it holistically, whether it's legislative, regulation, litigation, uh, and try to serve our members at will be most useful for them. Well, they say all politics is local, and I do believe that. And I think you guys, as I said before, do such a great job serving the member credit unions of the Cooperative Credit Union Association, and I know you're going to continue to do that. Her name is Marianne Clancy. She is the Senior Vice President and General Counsel for the Cooperative Credit Union Association, working each and every day trying to get all the regulatory relief that we can wrangle out of the local state houses and up in Washington, D.C. You've been listening to the Credit Union Marketplace podcast, a production of the Cooperative Credit Union Association, Better Values, Better Banking.